Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Lisa Rodriguez. Today is Monday, May 2nd. Nomi Nujiadeen is back tomorrow. Coming up, former Missouri Governor Eric Greitens is stoking concern among Republican political insiders, and not only because they worry about his electability. The biggest reason they're trying to get him out of the race, now they'll say he'll lose in the, in the general election, well, that's, they're just trying to appeal to people's emotions, but the reason they don't like him is because he doesn't care what they think. We'll take a hard look at how Greitens' candidacy is complicating the GOP U.S. Senate primary. Plus, a look back at the Kansas legislative session. But first, some headlines. The Kansas Supreme Court will consider an appeal for the state's congressional redistricting case on May 16th, setting the stage for the justices to issue a landmark ruling. As Dylan Lyson of the Kansas News Service reports, the date of the hearing essentially guarantees the candidate filing deadline for many races will be delayed this year. The candidate filing deadline is normally June 1st in Kansas. But lawmakers created a trigger that would automatically delay that date if maps weren't finalized by a specific time. The court hearing in mid-May means the state will miss that date. The candidate filing deadline for seats in Congress and the Kansas House of Representatives is all but guaranteed to be moved to June 10th. A Wyandotte County judge recently struck down a map for the congressional districts in Kansas for being politically and racially gerrymandered. Attorneys defending the state promptly appealed the ruling. Today kicks off the last two weeks of the Missouri legislative session in Jefferson City. The House and Senate still have to reconcile separate versions of the state budget, and senators have yet to break a stalemate on new congressional maps. Plus, the Senate takes up several bills passed by the House last week, including a measure that would ban transgender kids from playing sports. Kansas lawmakers returned to the Capitol last week for a whirlwind veto session, notable not only for what passed, but also for what failed to make it across the finish line. Two hot-button bills, a proposed ban on transgender athletes competing in women's sports and a measure that would give parents more control over what their kids are taught in school, failed to get enough votes to override Democratic Governor Laura Kelly's vetoes. But the governor did sign a major piece of legislation eliminating the sales tax on food by 2025. Following all the action last week with Stephen Caranda of the Kansas News Service, he joins me now to break it all down. Stephen, let's talk about what did pass this session, starting with the food sales tax bill. Now, there were a few different plans out there to accomplish eliminating the sales tax on food. What bill ultimately made it to Governor Laura Kelly's desk? So what finally passed is less than what Democrats like the governor wanted, but it will ultimately eliminate the state sales tax on food by 2025, like you said. Uh, Democrats wanted to eliminate it this year, and they argued this longer phase out was being done for election reasons, so the governor would not get a big win right before she runs for re-election. But some supporters of a slower phase out say, you know, we're going to lose more than $400 million in state revenue. So we need to take it slow or we might really upset the state budget. 
Right. And and you mentioned Governor Kelly was advocating for a quicker phase out, but this was still one of her biggest priorities this session. So, you know, how big a win is this for her um, or for Republicans? So this issue is really kind of a win for everyone because of reducing our very high sales tax on food is popular with pretty much everyone. Uh, but now both sides are already taking shots at each other in advance of the fall election. So I think we're going to continue to hear about this, uh, even though we now have a plan to eliminate the state portion of our uh, sales tax on food. Sports gambling may also soon be a reality in Kansas. Tell us about that. I think, you know, it's a, it's a pretty sure bet. Uh, in the final hours of the session, lawmakers crafted this deal and they approved it, sending it to the governor's desk. And in the past, she has said uh, she supports sports betting. So we really expect she'll sign it. Uh, and that would mean soon people could place bets on sports in casinos and online through apps. Now, Stephen, I want to shift shift gears a little bit. You know, there were two issues that dominated much of the session that ultimately did not become law. The first is a bill that would have banned transgender girls from competing on girls sports teams. Walk me through what happened there. Well, like you said, uh, this would have banned transgender girls and women from female sports teams in places like public schools and colleges. Lawmakers approved it earlier, then the governor vetoed it. So this was their chance to override the veto. And they really came close. Uh, ultimately, though, the concerns about, you know, stigmatizing and isolating transgender youth caused just a few Republicans uh, to vote no, and that was enough for the override to entirely fail. Another education bill that generated a lot of talk in Kansas and across the country is this uh, bill that they, that was called the Parents' Bill of Rights, and that would have given parents access to school curricula and, in effect, give them more power to object to what's taught in schools or have more control over that. That also failed an override attempt in the House. Stephen, I wonder, you know, these these issues, the transports bill, uh, the parents bill of rights, they've been major topics of conversation all year. And I can't see these issues fading away after this session. What are your thoughts on on whether we're going to continue to see these debates um, in future sessions or, or among lawmakers? You know, Lisa, I think you're exactly right. Uh, just like the transgender athletes ban, this parents bill of rights is something that you know, I really expect to continue hearing about in the primary election and the fall election. It's part of a greater fight over critical race theory. It's one of these issues that Republicans use to fire up their base. Um, it's related to how we teach about things like race and history, which we're hearing a lot about, about in the news right now. So this is definitely an issue that is not going away. Okay, so Stephen, what would you consider was the biggest win for voters, for regular people this session? I think if you look down the road a few years, the biggest thing that will be affecting people is the reduction in the food sales tax. A lot of people probably know there are parts of Kansas where you go to the grocery store and you might pay almost 10% sales tax, sometimes more than that. Uh, and not all of that would go away under this plan, but by 2025, uh, the 6.5% state sales tax will be going away. And that, you know, will impact the price of groceries for a lot of people. 
right? Things that we can't avoid buying um, every day or every week. So, Stephen, you know, the majority of the work um, has been done. What's what's still left? Are lawmakers actually done working yet? Effectively, the session is over. Uh, There is one final day in late May. It's typically ceremonial and they don't do much real work, but in theory they can if they want to. So now what's really going to be happening is the focus of lawmakers and the governor turn directly to the fall election. That's Stephen Corando with the Kansas News Service. The Kansas News Service is a collaboration of KCUR, Kansas Public Radio, KMUW, and High Plains Public Radio, focused on health, the social determinants of health, and their connection to public policy. There are 21 Republicans seeking to succeed Missouri Senator Roy Blunt later this summer. But much of the focus has been on one contender, former Governor Eric Greitens. Greitens is hoping to wade through a storm of scandal that's threatening his political ambitions. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports on the state of Missouri's GOP Senate primary. Back in February, former Governor Eric Greitens stepped before a scrum of reporters after filing to be Missouri's next U.S. Senator. Greitens resigned in 2018 after scandals around an extramarital affair and campaign finance controversies sunk his governorship. Greitens is banking on Missouri Republicans to revive his political fortunes. We need fighters who are willing to do what it takes to take our country back, to take our country back from the left, and also fighters who are willing to take on the establishment, willing to take on the mainstream media. Then came something that has become synonymous with Eric Greitens, scandal. His ex-wife, Sheena Greitens, filed court documents where she described under oath a pattern of physical and emotional abuse to both her and their son. The allegations were so startling to former Missouri Republican Party chairwoman Kay Hofflander that she had trouble sleeping. So she and other prominent women in the Missouri Republican Party called for Greitens to get out of the race. If he's telling the truth, then swear it in front of a judge. And even when he was governor, he did not go under oath when the other female accuser did. Hofflander is referring to a woman known as K.S. who testified multiple times under oath that Greitens physically and sexually abused her. Greitens denied these allegations in 2018 and now is accusing his ex-wife of being part of a conspiracy to discredit his Senate campaign. In response, Sheena Greitens said she has documentation to back up her claims. And the pushback from Greitens' campaign, which included a statement from a campaign aide calling Sheena Greitens deranged and mentally ill, was jarring to people like State Senator Bill Eigel. You know, this idea (laughs) that all of a sudden uh, her character is being attacked in this manner is just, I, I, I just can't believe it. I just can't believe it. Greitens has refused to step aside from the race. That's led to some Republicans worrying that Greitens may be able to withstand the barrage and win a divided primary and be a weaker general election candidate. But the angst against Greitens goes deeper than just electoral prognostications. Greitens is deeply detested among some Missouri Republicans for a host of reasons, including a particularly bad relationship with the GOP legislature that almost impeached him. He also cultivated sour relations with U.S. Senator Josh Hawley and, as former Republican State Senator John Lamping explains, 
many GOP activists and operatives. And if Eric Reitens is a U.S. senator, he'll have no time for them and they'll have no influence with him. So that's the biggest reason they're trying to get him out of the race. Now, they'll say he'll lose in the, in the general election. Well, that's, they're just trying to appeal to people's emotions. But the reason they don't like him is because he doesn't care what they think. Former Missouri Democratic Party Chairman Stephen Weber says personal and electoral concerns are prompting some Republicans to try and stop Greitens from winning the nomination. But even though Weber says Greitens is the only GOP candidate who could lose in November, he doesn't want his fellow Democrats to cross over and vote for him because he may win. Once he gets the nomination, he's just going to tell everybody, look, you have no choice but to support me. And he's he's betting that um, taking back the, the U.S. Senate will be a powerful enough um, factor for, for people to back him. Greitens was nowhere to be found at Lafayette County Lincoln Days last week. But other Senate contenders, like Attorney General Eric Schmidt, were working the crowd and making the argument that they have the best opportunity to keep Missouri's Senate seat red. You know, this isn't my first rodeo. I've run and won statewide twice. And so, um, you know, we're getting around talking to people, learning what's on their mind, but certainly communicating the things that we're doing. Also seeking the support of the Lafayette County faithful was Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, who is banking on her socially conservative credibility and backing from well-known Missouri Republicans like Holly. And I do believe I'm the best candidate to uh, win the general as well because I have done so much work, not just on Republican issues, but just American issues. Republican voters like Eric Kolkmeyer noted that Greitens personal scandals may be an unavoidable part of the impending campaign. But the Odessa resident added he'd like to see candidates focus on issues that actually affect people. I don't like the, the drama. I want to, I want the best candidate. I want somebody that's that's issues driven, that's, that's personally aligned with me values wise. GOP contenders are raising and spending millions to convince Republicans to send them to the U.S. Senate. Republican voters will make the final call on August 2nd. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Lisa Rodriguez. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Trevor Grandin, and KCUR Studios, and edited by me and Gabe Rosenberg. To read more about what happened in the Kansas State House last week, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. As always, you can find us live on the radio at 89.3 FM. Nomi Ujiadine is back tomorrow. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>